Hello, Health Path Travelers. I'm your host, Dr. Jamie Rasmussen, and welcome to another episode of Habits That Heal, a podcast dedicated to giving you the tools and insights necessary to protect your greatest asset, your health. And today's episode is Ignoring Deeper Issues. In the last 50 years, your parents' approach to health has led to a 1,200% increase in chronic illness. Until the conversation around health changes, you can expect your results to be the same. If you're okay with a life filled with unnecessary suffering, tune out. If you're ready to break the cycle, let's get to work. In this episode, you will discover why hoping something just goes away is a bad long-term strategy. On last week's episode, I got into my non-illustrious sports career, high school sports career, and I was talking about, you know, the big sports, football, baseball, basketball, track, that stuff. But I was doing other sports, too, at the time. And uh, I actually, as I um, found out that uh, football uh, was not for me, basketball was not for me, I started to snowboard. I got a black snow. That was my first snowboard. I don't know if they still make black snow snowboards. But we had a hill in our backyard and um, black snow, super cheap plastic snowboard. I think it was outlawed to uh, be taken on actual like skiing hills. Um, maybe I take that back. I think one you could take on skiing hills because it had steel edges. But anyways, it was just this like plastic piece of junk that we got from Fleet Farm. And um, it was the coolest thing ever. I was going down a hill that was probably like 15 feet long when I was learning, you know, falling and trying to figure the thing out. Well, over time and through repetition, 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 and surrounding myself with some other friends who really got into it, my skills and talents started to evolve, uh, whereas I was starting to go off jumps and do spins and eventually got up to doing flips on the snowboard. And that became my winter passion. And as I was doing that, I, I remember my first episode of low back pain ever, and um this was completely new to me, but I remember it being, right now I know exactly what it's called. It's called my SI joint, but at the time I just had this really excruciating low back pain. So whenever I would um, snowboard, it hurt really, really bad, especially if I uh, went off a jump and I landed and we, there were compressive forces. So my dad um, had this uh, Velcro back brace that I put on and um, eventually that back pain just I'm doing air quotes right now, went away. And because uh, I didn't do anything to address what was causing the back pain, but uh, the pain signals, uh, they stopped being sent up to my brain. So I thought the problem was solved. So yeah, just kind of went on with life as usual. In the summer, I started wakeboarding. Same concept, you know, you got a board strapped to your feet and you're jumping and there's a lot of compressive forces with that. And uh, same deal, I uh, got better and better and better until I was starting to do aerials and starting to get quite a bit of air underneath me when I was doing these tricks. And um, I ended up going behind this smaller boat. It was one of um, my buddies that I worked at the golf course with. His family had a, a boat that I hadn't ridden behind before and the wake wasn't as big. So you, you'd get less air underneath you. And I was trying at the time to do these uh, back rolls on a tiny, tiny wake. So I would uh, have to spin around super quick and be all compressed up when I landed. Uh, on one of the jumps, there was a huge pop in my left knee and immediately I knew it was a bad deal. So I, I climbed out of the water. Basically my leg 
was numb from about mid-thigh all the way down the foot. And um, I, you know, I immediately wrapped it up, went, went home, took a bunch of painkillers and um, hoped it would go away. I remember it, we lived right next to the golf course that I worked at. And uh, I remember hobbling to the golf course uh, on, on one leg and having numbness down my leg and saying, hey, uh, you know, I can't do the greens mowers today, the walk behind greens mowers or anything walking. So they put me on something called the sand pro and I was doing the sand traps and basically sitting for a few shifts because I had numbness down my leg. Um, we didn't go to the doctor a lot as kids. And um, I'm going to chalk that up as a blessing now based on what I know um, about pain management. But I just, I, I dealt with it at the time. And um, maybe in that instance, it would have been a good idea to go to the doctor, but we didn't. And uh, over time, it slowly got better and better and better. Still putting up air quotes when I say better and better and better. Uh, pain signals quit being sent to my brain. I started to, um, the numbness went away and I started to just regain uh, normal function. And, and it got so good that I, I was back to snowboarding and wakeboarding and doing uh, all the things that uh, crazy um, adolescent boys do. And uh, no big deal. It wasn't even on my radar until a few years later when I was wrestling with a buddy and then my knee popped again. And this time when it popped, it like locked. And uh, immediately I just went down and just like hammered it because it hurt so bad. It was excruciating pain as it was happening. As I hammered it, it popped back into place and it felt fine. And um, the next day there was some swelling and some discomfort, but uh, within a few days it was back to normal, air quotes again, and life went on until I was roofing a few years later, um, putting a, a roof on our second home uh, with my wife and her family, and as I was doing it, I just kind of stepped weird on the roof and my knee popped out again and I, I popped it back, ran down inside the house, got a knee sleeve on and, you know, went on with life as usual. It popped out one more time when I was overstretching once, but but that was it. And then the fatal day. I was in CrossFit and I'd been doing CrossFit for about a year at that point. So lot, tons and tons of squats, um, lots of uh, lower body workouts, no real knee issues as I was doing it until that one day we were doing back squats and really light back squats. And I was in the bottom of a squat, just kind of rocking back and forth, working on ankle mobility. So getting my ankles loosened up and moving. And I moved the wrong way and it was a huge clunk. You know, I yelped, dropped the weight off of my back, dropped down to the ground and tried to just hammer my knee back like I had done, you know, those other three or four times and nothing, nothing happened. <laughs> It was locked, completely flexed. So my knee was completely bent down. So I call over my buddy, Julian, and I said, Julian, I need your help here. I need you to help unlock my knee. And he looked at me like I was crazy. He's like, what are you on, dude? This is, you got to go to the doctor right now. And I said, no, dude, just pull on my foot here and I'm going to back away at the same time. And um, needless to say, it did not work. So I, I tried a whole bunch of things while I was there because I was panicked. I'm like, holy cow, I need to get this fixed because here's the part of the story you don't know right now. In an hour, I had to be back in my clinic adjusting patients. And this was before there were any other doctors working in our practice. It was just me. So I needed to get this thing fixed. So I hooked up um, a big rubber band to it and tried to traction it and pull it as hard as I could. You know, meanwhile, this is very uncomfortable as I'm doing it. 
nothing unlike it. It was completely locked into that position. So, um, you know, I, I hopped to my car. They actually gave me a, a PVC pipe, so something to support my weight with. And I hopped to my car with the PVC pipe. And on my way home, I made an appointment to get an MRI. And uh, lucky for me, they got me in that night. But that whole afternoon shift, I'm on one leg, hopping from table to table, adjusting people and taking care of them. That night, they ran the MRI report. I got an instant report, um, thanks to my pull as a doctor, and um, the news wasn't great. What had happened inside my knee was a meniscus tear, but not just any meniscus tear. It was a bucket handle tear. So a meniscus is shaped like a crescent moon, and imagine drawing a line through the moon and splitting it in half, not vertically, kind of horizontally. So it takes the moon and it splits it in half, and then you peel it open, and it looks like a bucket handle that opens and closes. Well, that bucket handle tear had gotten wedged into the joint space in my knee, blocking it from closing. So the only option there was surgery, and I called around found the best surgeon in the Twin Cities, ended up getting expedited for surgery. And um, when I got the surgery, they decided to do a meniscus repair rather than just cleaning it out. And I'm really glad with this. They had to clean out some, so I'm I'm bummed out because I don't have my full meniscus in my left knee. But they left most of it. And then with the repair, what they do is they put some staples or stitches in there and close it together and hope it heals. And there's a high hope component to that because there's not a lot of vasculature to that area. So blood vessels are not going to that area carrying all the components necessary for tissue repair and healing. So a lot of times the healing is incomplete in that area. Anyways, they they tried it anyways because um, I was young enough, athletic enough. They thought I had the best chance at healing from that surgery. But it was under the stipulation that I was non-weight bearing on that leg for eight weeks, at least minimum of eight weeks. And that's Again, still a big deal because I'm taking care of patients during this time. So I had this giant brace on my left leg that went from my ankle all the way up to my hip. It had my knee slightly flexed. Um, Now imagine I I can never take that off except for showering. That's the only time it comes off. Otherwise, that thing's on me all the time because there's always a chance that you will put pressure or weight through that leg. So I'm on crutches, hobbling around for eight weeks, not really able to do anything. Meanwhile... (laughs) Meanwhile, my wife's a saint. Um, Reason number 759,000 that my wife is a saint. We just had our third baby at this time. And we had a baby in the house. Now my wife had two babies in the house. And she had to take care of both of us. Except when she was at work. And I was watching the kids. There were a couple days where I was there watching the kids. But I mean, it was a crap show is what it was. (laughs) It was. It was nuts. But we made it through it. So what does this have to do with ignoring deeper issues? Some of you might have caught on by now, but I'm going to go back to the very, very first thing that happened, and I'm going to take you right up to the point where I ripped my meniscus, and it was a big, scary thing. So when I first got my low back pain, I had an SI joint that was stuck out of place. And the thing was, is I never got it fixed. I never went to the chiropractor. I never got adjusted and it didn't get fixed. My body just quit sending pain signals from that SI joint up to my brain. So I was no longer aware that there was an issue. It didn't mean the issue was fixed because it didn't go to the chiropractor. I did not get it fixed. And these are things that, you know, I'm checking on kids in my office and I'm finding these things all the time. So a lot of the things that adults come into my practice with started when they were little kids. And that's a hard thing for people to grasp because a lot of 
of times they're dealing with episodic pain that there might be five, six years in between each episode of pain, but they just trigger something that, you know, there's a straw that broke the camel's back. Something small triggers that pain to start again. It never truly gets corrected underneath because biomechanically things are still off or neurologically things are still misfiring and the issue is still there. So that was the case with me. Issue still there my SI joints, and it's still the, a big issue. I still show up a lot of times with my left leg short, and I've been getting work done for years. So it just goes to show you if it's been there for years, it, a lot of times it takes a long time to undo or correct. And uh, I didn't get it corrected. So I'm imbalanced. I'm hobbling around. I'm doing high impact sports. And I start wearing out my joints abnormally. And I wore out my left knee and as I wore it out, it made it more susceptible to tearing and ripping. And that's what happened the first time. So I rip my meniscus wakeboarding. There was a small rip in it, small tear, enough where my knee caught and locked up. And there was a lot of inflammation and swelling in there because my body was in there trying to heal it. But eventually the inflammation and the swelling went down. It did a patch job on its own and it had more biomechanical stress for years because the underlying issue was never fixed. And all of these little injuries were incidences of straws breaking the camel's back, just a little too much pressure on it. And it ripped again. Then my body had to get in there and heal until finally the big rip happened. And my body wasn't going to be able to fix that on its own. So it needed a very invasive intervention like surgery. And that's why surgery is there. Surgery is there for these incidences. This is when we've neglected our body so much that there's really no other option. And here's the lesson here. The lesson is, chances are you have had some kind of trauma to your body and it air quotes again, went away, but you never truly fixed the underlying imbalance. So here's my plea to you. If you are not currently seeing somebody who looks at how your body's moving from a biomechanical standpoint to make sure it's balanced out and make sure that stress is evenly distributed throughout all your joints and your body and your nervous system is firing so your body's repairing and healing itself at a high level, you need to seek out that professional. If you need help finding that professional, again, you guys can always reach us at healthpathchiropractic.com. If you're listening to it in a different country, if you're listening to it in a different state, go on Facebook, type in Health Path Chiropractic, look us up, and I will send you in the right direction. I'll find that specialist because unfortunately... Um, the name chiropractor doesn't mean much anymore because so many chiropractors practice so differently. Some of them are just focused on alleviating symptoms, so symptom management. And, you know, that's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because they're getting you out of pain. It's a bad thing because a lot of times they're missing the underlying issue. So there are certain tools and things to look for. Uh, I will do that heavy lifting for you right now. There's going to come a point where uh, I get so many messages that it's not going to be doable, but here's a few things to look for. Look for insight technology. That's nerve scan technology. Look to see that they're doing x-rays and make sure that they're in office that sees people on a preventative and protective basis, not just a symptom management basis. So those are some of the things to start to look for. And now it's time to turn ideas into action. And your action step is simple. I've already actually given it to you. I want you to look back and think about some things that kind of keep popping up here and there that you might be ignoring. And I want you to go seek out a professional or tell a professional. Maybe you're already under care of a doctor that's looking at you from a biomechanical or neurological standpoint to making sure everything's firing right. Just put it on their radar. That's all I have for you today. Love y'all. We'll talk soon. Bye. And now it's time to turn ideas into action because ideas without action are useless. So get to 
work. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to these podcasts, do it and please leave a review. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can follow us at Health Path Chiropractic on Facebook or Instagram, or you can follow us at pathoutofpain.com.